welcome to the very first episode of the Taste of Prague podcast, a podcast by Taste of Prague Food Tours about all things travel and all things food in Prague and around the world. We have started the podcast because we wanted to for over a year. We have tried to get it going, but it's been only recently that we actually have. Now, we want to run a podcast because we're generally interested in tourism and in food around the world and in Prague. We started Taste of Prague Food Tours in 2011, and it's been an incredible journey through an industry that has been constantly evolving and that keeps surprising us every single day. Um, and we really want to explore it more through the podcasts, through interviews with very interesting people from the tourism industry and from the food industry in the Czech Republic and hopefully eventually from around the world. Now, please bear with me here. Obviously, this is my first shot at this. I will get better as a host eventually and I will also get the bearings of the technical issues, you know, MIG placements and, you know, room insulations and stuff like that. But I hope that you will enjoy it from the start because I will try to uh, find very interesting people to talk to and we will discuss topics that I hope you will find all interesting. So my first guest is Jirka Dujar, um, our man in New York City, so to say, as the digital strategy manager for Czech Tourism, US and Canada. But he is so much more than just that and I will discuss that in the podcast too. Now, um, we did an interview ne nearly a year ago when I first started to plan the podcast, but it was so long and just lacked focus. So this time around, I wanted to zero in on a very recent phenomenon in travel industry, which is um, influencers. Basically, the idea of this podcast is to give all the aspiring travel influencers a guideline of do's and don'ts if they want to score a deal with a national tourism board and give them the perspective of someone who actually decides whether the Czech Tourism Board will or will not collaborate with an influencer. But we actually ended up discussing much more than that. Now, there's one thing I have to mention. We did meet in Ichiran Ramen Bistro in Brooklyn in mid-October for the interview, and it was not a great idea. Um, the mics picked up lots of background noise. You will hear other people talking and the chimes of the ramen place in the background. But as I said, I'm learning this as I go, and I guess this was the technical lesson I just had to learn. So please bear with me, because the audio quality of the first episode is not ideal. That said, Jirka is in such a unique position and has such an interesting insight, we thought it would be a shame of not putting it out there. Jirka is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet, and it was such a pleasure to meet him again over a drunk 10 p.m. ramen in Brooklyn, and I hope that pleasure will transpire through the recording, or the quality is not that great. Um, so please sit back and enjoy this half hour with Jirka. All right, guys, welcome to the second edition of the first edition of this uh, podcast because uh, we did this 
nearly a year ago with uh, Yilkan here, and uh, I, you know, it didn't work out for me as well, so, so I actually uh, promised to do it again. So here we are. We are now in Ichiran, actually, in Brooklyn, and I'm sitting here with uh, the fantastic Yerka Dujar. <laughs> Yerka Dujar is uh, a renaissance man in a way. He's, uh, you know, he's an accomplished photographer. Uh, he still runs a coffee business with his dad. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, most importantly, he's the digital strategy manager at uh, Czech Tourism here in New York for the US and Canada. Is that correct? That's that's correct. Fantastic. Well, welcome. Thank you again for uh, you know for um, making the time to actually join me here. Absolutely. Um, and today, I would like to discuss actually two things mm-hmm. with you, if I may, because I think I would love to get some insight into this. And the first thing is basically what Czech tourism does and how they do it and how do you pitch Czech Republic in Prague and is it a difficult pitch or not. And second one would be specifically just work with influencers mm-hmm. because they're travel influencers, but it's a big thing today and I think it deserves kind of some attention too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah? Cool. Thank you. Let's so, into it. <laughs> thank you. So first, um, how do you land a job at Czech Tourism? Oh, that's a that's a long story. That actually happened like six and a half years ago mm-hmm. uh, when I was still in Prague. Um, I was roughly three years after my university education working in private research. Um, and then I had a side gig at a Prague film school working as a uh, production manager. And then I just kind of felt frustrated from the research, uh, from academia and from you know hustling like different part-time jobs and this uh, opportunity came up um, Czech tourism was looking for someone who can uh, lead a project on film tourism uh-huh. that means promoting the Czech Republic through film locations through cool. international movies that were shot in the Czech Republic and I was like okay I have a background in, in geography I have a background sure. in film why not to connect the two and uh, work for this agency uh, so I worked for them for two years, the project was successful, and then uh, I just seized the opportunity and uh, asked for a company transfer to New York City. Where so I you just now. ask and you get then? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it worked really well because my colleague was at a maternity leave at that time, mm-hmm. so they were looking for someone to replace her temporarily. Uh, but, you know, after she came back from uh, maternity leave, uh, I was allowed to stay because I probably proved myself as a valuable nice. asset. So, cool. Cool. so yeah. how long have you been uh, living in New York? Uh, four and a half years. Four and a half years. Wow. And you, know, you know what? Uh, today we are actually meeting after four years, you, you and I. Okay. And the first time we met was in October four years ago. Oh, wow. I remember that. It was in Ipudo. It was in Ipudo. Ipudo, nice. And now we're in Ichiran. In Ichiran. Ramen to ramen. A ramen circle to ramen. of life. Cheers. Cheers. We're actually cleaning our Asahi beers here, so cheers to you guys too. We're actually going to eat some ramen eventually, I think. Yeah. So we're going to stop this and start again later on. And wow. Yeah, and you actually uh, really... Uh, made me into ramen because I didn't really like it that much uh-huh. but every time I set my foot in Ipudo I just couldn't stop eating it oh cool yeah me so, either yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know there's actually uh, a place in Prague now that actually has uh, noodles from Ipudo mm-hmm. they make their own ramen okay. but they somehow get the noodles I guess well, you know, my, my job is uh, all about, you know, promoting the, the great things in Prague and Czech Republic, so I'm following very closely the culinary scene 
screen as well. Yeah, of course. And yeah. I saw the ramen explosion oh, yeah. happening. Yeah. It's not over. There's a few places still coming up. And, True. Uh, you know, finally. Well, exciting. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, I want to ask uh, one thing. I'm sure that you know you have. Um, you know, you live here, and people in the in Prague. What is probably the most common misconception about what you do? Mm-hmm. Like, do people have some conceptions of what you do that are completely wrong? Uh, yeah, I mean, the problem with Czech tourism is that most people outside of travel industry don't know what we do, uh-huh. which is a hard sell. You know, back to the Czech Republic because the politicians. Uh, are you know not fully aware of what mm-hmm. we're doing what's our goal what's our mission the, the general public is kind of the same uh, even our counterparts here in New York working at the consulate they think that we are the people responsible for brochure distribution and, yeah sure uh, so uh, what we actually do is you know uh, modern digital uh, marketing um, you're trying to uh, raise awareness about mm-hmm. our destination and help Americans and Canadians to um, you know put Prague and the rest of the Czech Republic you know higher up on their bucket list and is it high up as it is um, I, I think it's pretty pretty high up uh, like you know some st- statistics uh, we are like the 12th most popular European destination for mm-hmm. Americans uh, obviously the first yeah. ones are France Italy yeah. Spain the UK so those mm-hmm. are tough competitors but mm-hmm. you know once people here are a um, little more seasoned and they they have traveled to those four they are ready to explore Central or Eastern Europe, as they call us. Uh-huh. Oh, Eastern Europe, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's speaking of misconceptions. Um, there's a lot about the destination. Um, so our role is also to cultivate this and you know educate people. Thank you. So, um, so yeah, um, I'm. You know, always uh, facing this challenge, explaining people Czechoslovakia doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Um, you know, Prague is actually uh, west of Vienna, therefore you shouldn't call us Eastern Europe and and you know things like that. Um, but you know, we, we get uh, U.S. is strategic market, six hundred thousand visitors every year, mm-hmm. very good spenders. Um, if they if they visit for the second time, they are okay to leave Prague and explore what's you know uh, what's what the country has to offer outside of Prague. Um, and I think even if you talk to people who run restaurants and hotels in the Czech Republic, they will most likely tell you that Americans are the best customers. I agree, actually. Yeah. And you run a travel business as well. Yeah. So I think you have lots of great things to say about Americans as well, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, like, all our customers are the best customers, but uh, American sure. customers are clearly, you know, fantastic. They are eager to learn mm-hmm. and they, you know, they travel the far, so they really want to, you know, um, enjoy their time mm-hmm. overseas. And uh, we've had nothing but really great experience with them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So our ramen just came. Let's just stop right now. Let's just eat something, and Sounds we'll get good. back to this program in a moment. Okay? Very okay, cool. Perfect. <laughs> All right. I'm. Uh, we're back from ramen. I'm stuffed. Me too. Yeah. Well, it was wor- delicious, worth it. though. It was worth it. Yeah. Not, nothing beats the 10 p.m. 10 p.m. ramen. ramen. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Nothing. And a beer? No. No. I don't think so. So um, back to Czech tourism, though. Um, 
other other like tourism boards in Europe that do the same thing? Because I mean, I, when we spoke about this last time, I asked like, do you need other colleagues like like the German tourism German tourism board or whatever Slovak tourism board? Is that like a clique or like a, a group of you know people like you that do this and you meet once in a like my image is like you know you meet in a bar do shots or something and make fun of the the guy who's not there yeah. it, does the, that happen at all not well really? the image is not too far away from reality mm -hmm. uh, so the, the fact is that there is a bunch of uh, European destinations represented here mm -hmm. in, in New York I would say most of the Western and Central European destinations are here uh, you will not find many destinations from the Balkans or Eastern Europe mm -hmm. um, so basically, like all the EU member countries uh -huh. plus Great Britain uh, are represented. Uh, we <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, we, we, we're actually recording this uh, like two weeks before Brexit is planned. So, exactly. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm glad you said um, And um, we work together. Uh, we have a platform, an email thread when when we you know that we use for gossiping journalists, uh -huh. for example, who oh, reach out okay. to different destinations asking for. A corporation. I mean, not only gossiping. I would say like verifying or vetting. So vetting, vetting. So does yeah. that happen? Like, do like uh, the members of the press? Do mm -hmm. they reach out? They do. And say, I wanna, you know, I wanna, I wanna press trip. I wanna mm -hmm. write about the Czech Republic or Central Europe. Yeah, there are two kinds of media. There are staff writers who work for publications. Uh, like New York Times and the Washington Post, etc. Uh -huh. And then there's lots of freelance journalists uh, who okay. have good relationship with editors and they say like, you know, I have this idea in my mind, I know these three editors, I'm gonna pitch him or her story, can uh -huh. you, you know, accompany uh, a flight, a hotel and a few activities. Do you yeah. do that? Uh, we do, yeah. How do you so how do you vet them? Can you like write to this like, hey, this guy reached out, is he for mm -hmm. real? Yeah, exactly. Like, have you ever, like, have you, has anyone worked with the guy or, or you know, a lady? Um, are they high maintenance? Oh, that's, high maintenance, yeah, I like that, okay. That's, uh, that's your frequent question. What does uh, that mean, high maintenance, then, you know, for like a member of the press? It basically means uh, that they want a tourism board to be a travel agent or a caterer, uh -huh. so that means okay. you know, five meals a day, uh, personal chauffeur, and things like that. Okay, <laughs> does that happen? Uh, I mean, those people usually don't land a job anymore, but okay. it used to be quite uh, quite often a few years back. Yeah, uh, and that's why we have this group and we chat, oh, yeah. and so nice. you know. Like, um, no, not this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, um, it often happens that we are approached by someone who has a great story idea, who has a publication that is willing to publish the story within, mm. you know, six to 12 months. You know, we look at the circulation of the magazine, uh, see if there's, you know, another, uh, you know, extra exposure through social media, etc. And then we, you know, agree or not. Yeah. No, there are sometimes, you know, um, I'll be like full disclosure here, we run food tours in Prague, sometimes people from Czech tourism, okay. not only in New York, but I mean, Scandinavia or mm -hmm. the parts of the, uh, the world, basically, they reach out and mm -hmm. they want to do like press trips or like, you know, whatever, when journalists on our tour and we're happy to like do that. Um, but sometimes there's like organized 
press trips. Mm -hmm. Do you do that too? Like, you know, several, you bunch, like, group, you mm -hmm. know, uh, a few journalists together and just run the whole thing? Yes, sometimes it works the other way around. Uh -huh. And that's us approaching journalists with our topic that we want to promote. Mm -hmm. um, so every year we have a topic that's important to us. Uh, this year it's uh, cities, gateways to regions, uh, okay. promoting small towns outside of Prague. Mm -hmm. So we, we ran a couple of press trips on this topic, showing people other places, you know, uh, but Prague, and hoping to get some, uh, you know, earned uh, exposure for, uh -huh. for those destinations. So we reach out to, um, you know, people we, work, we worked with in the past, uh, to different PR agencies based in New York who have databases of, of okay. journalists, and then, um, that's it's us who is trying to lure them in. Okay, <laughs> and does it work? It, it works. It works. It works. And does it like? How do you measure the outcomes of that? Like, I mean, so so you haven't done a food press trip. They've been here for a week or whatever, and uh, now they're back. And so, what happened next? How do you measure the success of that mm. press trip? So we usually have a in-kind agreement with the journalist. Uh, that says uh, a story on this topic will be published approximately 6 to 12 months from uh -huh. this moment. Then we follow up with the person and uh, then we are able to uh, estimate the reach of the article, the you know advertising value equivalency, etc. Yeah. And then report back to the HQ and say like, look, our press trip generated this amount of impressions and if we wanted to advertise in that, in that media, we would have to spend this amount of money. But we okay. did it for, you know, significantly um, um, smaller, smaller yeah. money nice. invested. Nice. Uh, let's talk about influencers. Because that's a, <laughs> a new thing that, it's, oh, it's a recent thing, I guess. It's a recent thing. Uh, I mean, the buzzword itself. It's, that's what it's, a, it's a new thing. So it's very similar to journalists, I think, in a way. Mm. Like, but it's just basically private people who have their own media outlets. So it's like have a presence, strong presence on social mm -hmm. media, I'm guessing. Yeah. And... Uh, and you know they they reach out too, is mm -hmm. that correct? They do um, much frequently than journalists these days, to be honest. Much more frequently than mm, journalists. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and do you know how the journalists view these? Um, I think journalists are now thinking how to become influencers. influencers. So you see people who've been in the writing business for about 20, 30 years, mm -hmm. and now they, they are like, okay, maybe I should start an Instagram account yeah. and start posting pictures from my stories, mm -hmm. you know, in or order to get noticed. Yeah. And it's helpful. Like if uh -huh. I see a journalist who is also active on social media, it's a, yeah. it's a big plus. Cool. Uh, but you know, with influencers, if we have to say that, uh, use that word, um, I'm starting to be a little against it because sure. I think influence is an outcome not a profession yeah um, and people should start to uh, you know realize that and um, um, yeah so yeah we get you know uh, we, we are can you share maybe maybe how many times a month do your quote-unquote influencers reach out to Czech Tourism Board here in New York and just say, say, listen, I want something? Uh, we receive about 30 pitches a month. 30 so pitches a month? Yeah, it's almost like one daily. Yeah. Wow. And how many people end up actually getting something from Czech Tourism Board? I would say like one a month. One a so month, like, okay. Yeah. So, you, so it's 30, so <laughs> wow. Okay, and now tell me, if I, so okay, I'm an I'm a influencer, mm -hmm. I want to go to the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. okay. What should I do? Because maybe you know people in the Czech Republic listen to this. They want to be travel influencers or whatever. Like, what is like? The, mm. What are the mistakes that people do when they're pitching? Mm. Uh, what is it? What 
what is it that you look for that creates a successful pitch mm -hmm. for an influencer? Yeah, well, the, the most common mistakes are that they don't do a good enough research on the Czech Republic. They uh -huh. misspell some things, okay. you know, or they just talk about Prague only. They don't yeah. really know what's our mission, what's our goal. Mm -hmm. We try to make it very clear that we are promoting other places but Prague these days. Mm -hmm. um, so, so those are frequent mistakes. Um, short trips things like um, I booked a vacation I'm heading there I'll be there for three days I will write a blog post called 48 hours in Prague yeah this is something you know we yeah. don't really need uh, uh -huh. we, we don't really have to talk about Prague at all uh -huh. um, so the first thing we are looking at is the audience that the influencer has to offer um, and how engage the audience is obviously uh, and if the audience is relevant to for example our goals uh, when we look at airlift we know where american and canadian passengers are traveling from most frequently uh -huh. so for us it makes sense to uh, make a splash in those regions in those areas okay um so Although it would be nice to make a campaign in Arkansas or Missouri, um, you know, there's not that not many. the target, yeah. like the main target of exactly. your activity. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So usually working with people who are based on East or West Coast and have significant portion of their audience there. Uh, the audiences to have to be engaged, as I said. Um, that's that's one aspect. The second aspect is content quality. Um, so we always mm -hmm. look at. So do you really look at what they write? What mm -hmm. they, if you like it. Yeah, or we you know have a something like a, a vetting forum that mm -hmm. we you know send every, to everyone. They have to provide you know few pieces of articles, uh, campaign samples from their mm -hmm. past cooperations. Um, references um, and you know even like google analytics stats so okay. we just want to be you know like sure. full disclosure full disclosure okay. exactly like if somebody claims that they have 100,000 uh, you know monthly unique visitors we need to be sure yeah, that sure. they are not bullshitting us okay uh, do they um i think that you know again uh, now brands brands as ours are being more cautious uh so influencers won't risk it anymore i think they they tried in the past but now it's a it's, it's a common thing you know uh like when an influencer is looking for like how to pitch a brand uh yeah yeah, yeah. You, you shouldn't lie yeah <laughs> that's, do you get like some, some do you think that sometimes like influencers do you get like pitches like to whomever it may concern like you know they're pitching yeah. to the Czech Republic Germany whatever whoever you know absolutely debate or, yeah. or not absolutely like, so, because you know, sometimes we get those mm -hmm. too like a yeah. taste of Prague we get like and you can see that they've pitched to every mm -hmm. culture in Prague and, and like whoever is for it exactly gonna go uh, yeah I'm gonna go for it and you can see that even on like very detailed things like formatting like if you see that something yeah. is off yeah, in the event, sure, you know, yeah. just I know yeah we've got yeah we've received these pictures too yeah. like you know dear mm -hmm. like completely different fonts exactly yeah, so yeah yeah cool do you ever reach out to influencers mm -hmm. yes we do you uh, do I can give you an example um, two months ago or actually no uh, a month ago we did a influencer campaign focused on active holidays and cycling uh -huh. in South Bohemia uh, and we were looking for five people who had have uh, you know a uh, good audience that is 
into like active holidays that's looking for tips on hiking cycling and you know being a little more adventurous and then we were looking for someone who is able to create great content that means photographs that we can license from the people so i reached out to everyone i knew i i, I knew some people from the past so I just told them like now is the time to bring you to the Czech Republic. Uh, then found someone else through, you know, uh, an associate, uh, and yeah, we brought uh, we brought together a group of five people, took them to uh, Czech Republic in late September. I was on the trip with them, and okay. we cycled around South Bohemia cool. and uh, produced tons of you know content. So how does that work out? Like I know this may sound boring, but I hope that isn't. <laughs> How does that work legally? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like, because I guess this is basically like public contracts in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, you know, government money being spent on a normally, if you want to do that in the Czech Republic, you just have to do, have like a, what do you call it, like a tender, I guess, yeah. or something like that. How does that work out in this case? There are financial limits for uh, having to do a tender or, you know, an RFP, uh, like request for proposals here yeah. in the US. Uh, this limit is two two hundred thousand Czech crowns, which okay. is approximately eight thousand mm -hmm. uh, dollars. We've never paid that that you know this much yeah. to an influencer. Uh, I cannot disclose like how sure. much you know we paid to those uh, individually, but it was significantly less. Yeah, okay. Therefore, we didn't have to do uh, a tender, and we just closed a simple service agreement. Oh yeah, I guess like a simplified agreement. procedure. Yeah. yeah. So there's a contract. Mm -hmm. There's a contract, and if they don't deliver everything we agreed on, there's no payment. Okay. So we realized after working on a in-kind basis or barter basis yeah, okay. that that's not the way to go because mm -hmm. often happened that the influencer left, they didn't deliver what they promised, and you basically don't have anything, uh, you know, how to you... Claim. You don't have a standing yeah. to sue exactly. or anything, yeah. Uh, except for publicly shaming them, but uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, will not give you the, the, right. the photographs. And oh, the maybe articles. on the forum with your other colleagues, yes. you know, yeah, sure. Yes. But, um, Okay, um, if they have a contract and they can you know, publish content, do they have to disclose that this has been paid for by Czech Tourism Board? We, we strongly advise that. Uh, we think that it's important that their audience knows that it's a sponsored content, mm -hmm. uh, but they, you know, should be professional enough to make it sound that, okay, this is a sponsored content, but everything I'm sharing is... Uh, my own cur curation and yeah. experience, but I think. But it sounds like when you say it, it sounds like that it doesn't always happen, though. Yes, it does not. Mm. Uh, some people don't want to disclose it uh, mm. because they fear of lower engage engagement. Uh, they think that if it's a, if it looks like an organic campaign, mm. uh, people will more likely interact with it, and they will be able to report back uh, better results. Sure. Um, then you have like other cases that um, you know people actually say this is a paid advertising but it's not and they just want to look that oh, they, they scored like, a good job with this big brand okay but they actually uh -huh. did not so they okay. just they just they fake sponsorship oh, okay wow <laughs> so, i've never thought of that but it makes actually a little sense yeah it creates like a, a quote-unquote track record exactly yeah. i'm a runner and you know nike gave me this yeah but, yeah that le like a legitimizes what mm -hmm. you do. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, so what do you what do you suggest if you're a travel influencer? You wanna you know approach, uh, reach out to a tourism board. 
what, uh, what is your main advice to these people? Um, I think you should have a niche. Uh, mm -hmm. You shouldn't be just a general travel influencer who does anything that comes to their mind or uh, who kind of like accepts every offer from, from anyone who knocks on their door. Uh, you should really be specialized and be an expert on you know, a specific segment of travel, be it, uh, as I mentioned, cycling or hiking, uh, food you know, is, a, is a big niche. Uh, and sometimes, even now, it's becoming very general because like everyone says that they are a foodie. Uh -huh. um, but I think that the more uh, specific and specialized you are, uh, the better. Uh, especially if you have a large audience, because that means that that audience is interested in that thing. And if you travel around the world and promote one specific thing, could be, for example, sustainable tourism or veganism or, I don't know, solo female traveling. Um, I get it. So you have to have an angle. Yes, an angle. So that's, that's the first thing. Second thing, um, the numbers are not the most important thing. Uh, sometimes the numbers can be skewed and fake. Uh, we are also trying to identify that. There are, there are tools on, 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 on spotting that. Uh, uh, so, uh, more important thing than the numbers is content quality, you know, good travel writing, good content in terms of photographs and videos. And third thing, you just need to be a down-to-earth human. Uh, okay. Someone who is... Um, that usually helps. Yeah, yeah. it helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. Well, thank you again. Yeah, I have one last question. Mm -hmm. I think. I think we've kind of. Uh, explored. Do you want? Do you think you have anything to add to this? Like you know, maybe. Do you think I should have asked a question that I didn't ask? Um, if I can, you know, if there are any influencers or mm -hmm. wannabe influencers out there listening, yeah. or brands who are working with influencers, I would say, don't try to be an influencer because mm -hmm. most most influencers they uh, didn't become who they are by wanting to be who they, who they are yeah. they just started something out of passion mm -hmm. and they did it you know genuinely and uh, it kind of like took off because people who followed them thought this is great um, and yeah just you know maybe it's not your destiny to be an influencer but you know if you like creating content and publishing it do it but don't try to become an influencer yeah, yeah that's actually a very very good point i mean we see this so as space of prime we get also a lot of influencer pictures and it seems to me that back in the day people started a blog because they wanted to share something with people i didn't even think there would be perks along the way and uh it seems to me that now um the majority, like not the majority, of the alive, but I would say like then there's many people who just start writing a blog because they think that leads to perks. Mm -hmm. And like it's just, and you can totally see it. It's like, if I see a page you know, by an influencer, I can totally see that he's just not really behind like you know, for after like what we're after, mm -hmm. but he's really, or he, she's really after the perks. So, yeah. yeah, sadly it's true. And I don't envy those people, yeah. to be honest, because you need to write tons of emails to score two hotel nights yeah. in a destination I don't know I would rather find uh, another job and spend that money on my vacation without like begging anyone 
that's my opinion. <laughs> How do you see, actually, one, 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 one last question, I think. How do you see the future of tourism boards? Is it something that's going to last for a long time? You know, we've been running Taste of Prague for eight years, and it seems that tourism has changed so much in those eight years, and it's changed so much in the previous eight years. And it seems to me like that, that like travel marketing and, you know, like online, you know, social media and all these things are changing every single day. So do you see a future for tourism boards? Do you see a future like, where do you think it's going to all move? Yes, I do, but I think we have to adapt. Mm -hmm. uh, so nowadays, tourism boards are known as destination marketing organizations. Mm -hmm. And I think in the future, uh, we shouldn't focus on marketing that much. We should focus on management, mm -hmm. destination management organization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we should be uh, an organization that is the, the, the best source on travel info for mm -hmm. the destination. You need to make sure that uh, if someone searches uh, an information on the Czech Republic in Google or in, a, in a, any other browser, our website is the first one that, yeah. that comes up. Mm. And uh, we need to be, you know, transparent in disclosing businesses that are not honest. Uh, we should be uh, playing a role of an educator as well, telling people what to avoid and what to, what not to miss as well. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but really like manage uh, instead of market because marketing will always be uh, biased and you know one year we will promote these five destinations and another ten destinations will, will get annoyed why we weren't selected for the promotion etc and at the end of the day um, do we really need a destination to spend money on, on advertising um, I think that those money would be, uh, you know, better spent on really good uh, website and, and good resources and, and being a good advocate of, of tourism and being a good resource uh, cool. for travelers. All right, fantastic. Thank you. I have one last question. It's like it should be like this question that I will ask every guest here, and it's it relates to food. And it's something that like we've been doing uh, some interviews. Um, in the past for mm. the blog and we always ask last thing the one nasty thing you love mm. the guilty pleasure the guilty pleasure I don't know if it's guilty anything? pleasure but definitely a pleasure it's American barbecue barbecue brisket and, and ribs and pulled pork and all that yeah I mean living in the US for four and a half years so what's your favorite place here in New York for that? Um, so there's a place in Red Hook uh, oh. Brooklyn uh, called Hometown Barbecue yeah okay um, don't go there on the weekend unless you want to stand in a line for two hours, mm -hmm. go there on Thursday or Friday. Um, the the line is very, very uh, much shorter. And uh, yeah, get a get a prime rib uh, and, you know, some coleslaw, mashed potatoes. Oh, coleslaw, but. vegetables too, <laughs> so it's healthy. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, Yuka. It was actually really, really nice. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to meet you again. My pleasure as Eating well. ramen again. We should do this. We should make this a tradition, really. Uh, I hope to see you again here on Back at Home. Sometime. Sounds good. Sounds cool. good. See you in Prague. Thank you. Thank you so much. So that is it. I hope you enjoyed the very first episode of the Taste of Prague podcast. Now, please subscribe. I'm not entirely sure how this works, but I think you do. 
So please subscribe to our feed and please rank us online uh, wherever you can. I do promise that the quality of the recordings will get better. I have recorded uh, the second episode already and it's just vastly, vastly superior to this one. But as I said, I thought this needed to get out as the first uh, episode and as a really great interview with someone who has a very specific insight on the travel industry. Anyway, thank you again for listening and please stay tuned for more. This is Jan and this has been uh, the Taste of Prague podcast.